Thank you for joining me on Humanities Radio. I'm Janet Cunningham with the University of Utah College of Humanities, and today we're discussing National Hispanic Latino Heritage Month, its origins, transformation, and shortcomings. Danielle Olden, Assistant Professor of History, is with me to discuss more. From September 15th to October 15th, Americans observe National Hispanic Latino Heritage Month. Let's begin with just the origins of the month. When and how did it begin? So uh, the the Latino or Hispanic Heritage Month began first in 1968, um, and it really emerged in response to Um, the the social movements that were happening in the 1960s. And so um, Mexican-Americans or Chicanxes, as they were, as they called themselves uh, at that time, um, were really pushing, you know, by 1968 for major educational reforms in the U.S. system. And this was, of course, in response to their previous educational experiences, which they felt were lacking in many ways. So a primary objective of the Chicanx student movements were to achieve things like um, bilingual education programs, as well as what we would today call, you know, courses in ethnic studies or Chicanx studies. Um, And so they really wanted um, history courses in particular, history and culture, but history played a really important part in, you know, the, the demands that they were making because the history classes that they were taking and that they were um, getting in the in the public schools were not reflective of their lives in any way, right? And and they really had no um, good conception of the ways that Mexican Americans and other Latinxes had contributed to um, to American history, right? And the the roles they had played um, and how their you know families and ancestors have contributed right and so um through those various social movements i think is really where we get this idea of of hispanic or latino heritage month so in in what year um did national what, what year was national hispanic latino month recognized so it began as um, national hispanic heritage week um, and that was in 1968. Okay. And then when did it become National Hispanic Latino Heritage Month? Right. So over the next couple of decades, um, more and more people started, um, you know, advocating for a longer period of time. Like, obviously, a week isn't enough to do this. Right. And so it was um, actually in 1988. So the initial law in 1968 was signed by President Lyndon Johnson. And then it was expanded to a month, um, to Hispanic Heritage Month in 1988, and that was signed into law by President Reagan. Okay. And then since 1988, how has the observance of this month changed as, and what changes have taken place? Well, I think initially um, the idea behind it was really to focus uh, in particular on K-12 through education. Um, you know, and to develop, the idea was to develop um, particular units or curriculum that, you know, social studies teachers 
and music teachers and you know even like PE teachers right they could they could come up with dancing <laughs> units or things like that right so it was you know to get that type of curriculum into the K through 12 schools and again this is because none of this is being taught in in the regular K-12 curriculum um, since that time, you know, it's it's remained an important part of K-12 curriculum, but I think it's really expanded, um, you know, at the university level, it's expanded, um, you know, both in terms of what's happening educationally, but in terms of programming um, at, at universities. And, you know, we do things now that are, um, you know, we bring in speakers who can speak to a variety of issues. We bring in artists, you know, poets and other, you know, visual artists. We bring in musicians. Uh, we show films like documentaries and other artistic expressions. All of that has become an important part of how we celebrate the month. Um, it's also expanded, you know, in the United States beyond just educational institutions. So today, all sorts of different um, bodies or groups or entities sort of celebrated. And so you'll see local governments, you know, um, city governments, state governments, um, you'll see uh, businesses participate, right? You know, giant corporations, things like, you know, Chase Bank or PNC Bank or things like that. They all sort of will have some type of recognition of the month, um, you know, whether or not they actually, you know, engage in any type of you know, real programming is, is a question and I think differs across different um, entities. But but today there's a lot more recognition, I think, across the country that, that this is, you know, something that needs to be recognized, right, if, if not, like, really genuinely celebrated. Right. And so let's talk about that recognition a little bit. Um, do you think it's become more about... Well, let me rephrase. Has it become less focused on education and history over time? These celebrations. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think it depends on, um, you know, the, the the entity we're talking about. I think at the education level, at the K through twelve schools and universities, that it's, it's remained really focused on really focused on education and history. Um, I think that it has you know, sort of gone a little bit away from that out in the broader community. Um, now, whether or not that's a, a bad thing, I think will depend on who you ask. Um, but, um, you know, I just think that, I think the focus should remain on education and history. Um, and, I mean, this has been an issue since even before 1968, but at least in 1968, we were at least recognizing, okay, our U.S. history curriculum has a problem. Um, but even today in 2021, I think that problem still exists. And um, so, you know, while the, the focus, I think, should stay on education and history, I think it's also good to sort of broaden it out um, to other types of things. Right. And because, it, you know, it is only a month-long celebration and there's so much to learn and so much to know, are there critical lessons and stories that are missing from these from this month long celebration? And are these uh, celebrations failing to recognize the struggles of the community? Yeah, that's a great question, and I, I think that's perhaps my biggest critique of of the entire idea of you know National Hispanic Latino Heritage Month. And the same goes for like 
you know, Black History Month and Women's History Month and all of these things that we have. Um, I think that they began, all of them began really, as, as I said, to try and just get something out into the public, public knowledge about the role of you know, Latinxes in, in American society. And that was uh, a, a great goal, I think, at the time. Today, I think that it ha we've sort of fallen back on the recognition of people who have made these major contributions, right? And, and we've fallen back on the celebration of culture, um, <clears throat> which again is important, but you're right. I think that these, these celebrations often do miss um the more critical history that i'm i'm more interested in as an historian um and i think you know perhaps one of the the reasons for this is because it's only a month right and that goes back to the critique that these activists in the 1960s were making in the first place which is that all of this needs to be more fully integrated into our history curriculum in general right let's start with a week let's start with a month but let's let's broaden it and the problem is that for a lot of these entities that are celebrating we haven't broadened it right and so if we just focus on a month it's a lot easier to do the celebrating you know you know celebrating the people who have made america what it is but then we do miss you know well why is it that higher number of latinxes live in poverty you know why is it that we have uh, lower numbers of latinx students graduating, lower numbers of Latinx students going on to college and other higher education. Um, you know, why do we have all of these wealth disparities and income disparities among different groups of Americans? Why do we have housing segregation, right? Why do we have these neighborhoods that are made up of majority Latinxes, um, you know, places like East Los Angeles or Spanish Harlem or even the west side of Salt Lake City? Um, you know, um, I think that the celebration lens, again, while important, really limits that more critical um, understanding of the way that, you know, class and race and gender sort of structure U.S. society. Um, it really sort of difficult ways to pinpoint, um, but I think history is really relevant for understanding those questions. So we've talked a little bit about K through 12 and the education there. What about universities? How can universities and their students and administration and faculty better honor and observe this month? It's a difficult question because in general, I think most universities are doing a pretty good job of, of recognizing the month um, and, and, you know, sponsoring programming that students want and need and demand. In fact, you know, um, having those, showing those documentaries, bringing the filmmakers and the artists um, to campus and, you know, engaging with students, all of that is great and I think is really important work. But I guess just going back to those original critiques and demands of those students in the 1960s, the problem remains, which is that um, we haven't done a good job of making sure that Latinx history is central to our curriculums across the board, right, and not just during the month between September 15th and October 15th. Um, and so, you know, our university, I think, you know, is sort of on that path. And one of the ways that we've tried to ensure that students get a more 
diverse critical curriculum is, is by including a diversity requirement in our general education curriculum. And I think that's great. Um, I'm a little biased as a historian, right, and that I think that our, our students actually need more history courses in particular. Um, so while the diversity credit is great, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot, I think most students, in fact, get those credits outside of courses that are really engaging critically with history. And so, you know, I think that we could do a better job of making sure that students are getting that critical historical perspective um, in their general education curriculum and making sure it's important beyond the, the month, right? That was Danielle Olden, Assistant Professor of History. For more information about the University of Utah College of Humanities, please visit humanities.utah.edu.